Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. All right, Dean. We're back with some more tech we're bites. We're back. We're, yes. we're biting off more than we can chew. Yes. Topics and stories around the world. Yes. Business, science, tech, innovation. Um, for you, another attack on a country, you know, across, yep. this, uh, across the world from yep. us. Because <laughs> let's say that somebody just happened to go back into the office and they need a, a topic of conversation. There you go. There you go. Something around the water cooler is yeah, what yeah. talk or maybe about. you're, you know, just, you know, I don't know, spend a little time BSing with one of your customers yeah. and, you know. When's this coming out, by the way? Is this going to be before Thanksgiving? Uh, yeah, it will. Right, yeah. So you'll be around there family members and you need something to talk about, right? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Some good, some good content you. to talk about around the table you. that hopefully doesn't spur people fighting and yelling at each other. No. Oh, no, these are good. Well, I, I got to tell you, folks, you probably aren't going to want to talk about the election around the dinner <laughs> table this year. I mean, unless you're all on the same side, yeah, no really. one's probably happy with That's this That's never one, a so. good idea yeah, to exactly. talk politics. So, don't you know that? So Family instead, 101, don't exactly. talk politics. So instead, put this podcast on and have a conversation about any of these topics. Fair enough. There you go. There we go. Look at us. We're doing a public service. Even outside of all the great VAR value there. So. Absolutely. All right, then, folks. Uh, yes, yeah, so we're covering topics about uh, about China. We're talking about yep. global mega trends. We're talking about the state of the restaurant industry. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about dad brain. What? Uh, yeah, we got, we got all kinds of stuff. Mm, uh, okay. Uh, something called genericide. And yeah, don't know what that is. We're going to talk about Taylor Swift. <laughs> Boom. Which, I mean, spoiler alert, I'm a Swifty. So. <laughs> All that plus what's tech connecting with us. It's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. How many people turned off as soon as they heard, like, oh, great. Well, I would have been John's going to talk about Taylor yeah. Swift. Even though it's my topic, I'll it's say, probably it is your topic. Yeah, sure, yeah, so. right. You opened the door for me right here. So. <laughs> I have a lot to talk about there. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and get started here. Uh, folks, as always, all these topics we're going to talk about, if you go to the show notes, if you're listening on the audio podcast, you uh-huh. should be able to find the direct links. If you're on YouTube, yep. uh, just because it's difficult to put so many links in there. I put one link to like our show page where you can find all of these article links. So if you want to follow along, click those, open them up and find those links and you can read these articles where we got this information from. So Dean, I'm going to let you yep. kick off here talking a little bit about what's going on with China now. I feel like we have right? China every episode. We have to have a tech Some bite. You can't talk too. tech without talking about the communist this is true. <laughs> republic of, of China. I'm sorry I have to bring up another one, but again, it just I, I guess it's coming across my news feed because <laughs> I react to anything China. Yeah, the algorithm has decided like <laughs> China stories. This is what clearly, this guy likes. Yeah. Clearly. Uh, but they're up to their nefarious activities yet again. Here's the headline. Pro-China agents posed as activists to protest U.S.-Canada mines. Disinformation campaign targeted rare earth mining there. U.S. investigating in rare earth m- uh, mineral mining to wean off of China. So basically, yeah. you know, you've got these pro-Chinese agents that they were posed uh, uh, to draw local concern for residents. So they, they pose themselves as local residents, right. uh, posing concern on social media, trying to spark protests over opening rare earth mines here in the U.S. and Canada. Why? Not because they, you know, they're environmentalists right, and they right, want to do right. good. 
is because they're protecting what they are doing Chinese over in interest. China. Yeah. So I get it, right? There's business espionage that happens. Right. There's there's voodoo and stuff like that. But but I, it's just a further example of of what is going on with the Chinese Communist Party and just the rest of the world. And they will go to any means. I'm I'm utterly convinced they will right, go to right. any means in order to do whatever it takes to make China number one. And of course, this this kind of segues all into. The overall thought that I don't know that the, the Communist Chinese Party is our friends. You know, here we are. <laughs> we're, we're generally anti-communism, right? It's not <clears> the <throat> people of China we have any issue with. It's these these actions. So th- now I'll throw on the table TikTok, right? So it's very much in, into the right. uh, discussion right now. What do we do with TikTok? Some right. countries have flat out banned it. India... You know, some European countries flat out banned it. Why? Because it paves the way for China to track locations of people, think government employees, build dossiers for blackmail and conduct corporate espionage. I mean, that one sentence is like, yeah, now I get it. Right. I mean, all the information is going to China, even though the folks at TikTok will say, no, it's not. You know, it's it's in the cloud, but it's it's in the cloud in the U.S. The Chinese. No. So when you think about just the kind of information and and we are in an I'm not going to get too deep on this. But if we think that we're in an information war, which we are with with uh, part of the world, China being one of them, then, you know, you got these issues out there. And so for me, it's like it's a big issue. I don't know. know. It's just yet another example everything from offering us a hundred million dollars to build <laughs> gardens right next to the white house to now they're posing as activists to drum up support for social media uh, yeah, for anti-mining yeah. i don't know what do you think i mean right i mean i guess i gotta give them credit for always coming up with creative ideas oh they're very creative i mean they're they're working they're working hard at oh, finding really out how hard. they can undermine and yes. learn more yes and, drive their you know yeah. data i mean yeah. probably they're probably better at it than we are i'd say at this well, point yeah right so uh, we're getting the wool pulled over our eyes we don't even realize it's happening yeah and this one this one was fascinating because i think originally like when i was when you sent me the article and i didn't really pay too much attention to the content was like a whole like china thing or whatever i was kind of like flipping to the article and i was just like mm-hmm. oh some people protesting minds i'm like you know that's that's usually a not yeah, a terrible right? thing yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah there's usually a reason behind that because it's yeah. you know on you know, I don't know, like no, you know, indigenous grounds. Yes, of course. Or right. It's going to pollute the area. It's, Legit you know, reasons. Exactly. Yeah. There's, right, there's, right. And that's just it. That's where I find this interesting because it's, they're basically <laughs> exploiting a bit of a double-edged sword here. Of course. Which is there are plenty of people who, you know, are thinking, hey, you know, we, we need to be more environmentally conscious about our they're mining totally practices. They're totally exploiting our society. And, and they're not wrong about that. not happen in China because it doesn't happen exactly. in China. But, you don't have a voice. Right. <laughs> but then when you realize, like, oh, no, they're doing this because us not uh-huh. investing in that here – and puts more reliance on us onto China, yeah, yeah. gives them obviously more money in their pockets, and it's like but, this but is it, a no-win scenario. It just kind of opens up here. a Pandora's box. I mean, I'm going to read that again. Paves the way for China to track and locate. In this example, government employees build dossiers around blackmail stuff like that. You you got to start thinking like that. I mean, how much of that is happening right now? You right. don't know. Right. How many of our leaders are getting influenced by by this? You know, right. by what they're doing on TikTok or or otherwise, maybe on social media. It's it is a very nefarious thing that again, it's just it's way up on my radar because you just take a step back and you think about we're we're used to more traditional means of combating whatever. I mean, right, I'm of the right. age where communism is right. I I, le- I lived through the Cold War and so it's like 
you know, is a very strat- uh, strategic, military type of a discussion, right? right? right. Oh, we're going to have this many warheads and we right. can thwart them and look at how big our military is. Yeah. None of that Who could shoot the last gun is all that really mattered. Yeah. Exactly. None of that means diddly in yeah. this world. Yeah. Uh, they're totally manipulating. There's evidence that there's totally, that there's a lot of manipulation going on here. No idea it's even yeah. happening. So that's why I keep bringing up these articles because I'm just fascinated and I'm scared a little bit. It's like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Anyway, not to I'm get too political. I'm curious if, like, is, do you think there's a Tech Connect podcast in China happening right now that's having the same conversation Could about be. some crazy stuff that we're doing, you know? Like, oh, I guarantee it. Yeah. I mean, when you think, yes, I guarantee it. Because I'm sure we're it. doing, because, we're well, doing manip- something similar. You they know? do, but but they manipulate just about everything. Like, right, like right. I, I think, what was the story? And I don't know if, Marco, if you know this, but uh, when the, um, oh, what's that, what's the movie that just came out, uh, Top Gun? And right, right. it was re- released in China. They m- purposely manipulated certain parts of it right, um, right. for content, for visual, like the American flag that yeah. was on his jacket, re- suddenly gone, not there, yeah. type of thing. So, I mean, they're very, very intentional on everything yes. that is. They're hyper conscious about stuff. They like use that, TikTok yeah. to educate their their society. They allow they they use TikTok here <laughs> to allow people mindless minutes of just mind numbing right, stuff. Right, right. There's a, there right. I mean, so there's a differentiator. It's like what what is going on here? What's yeah. who has our best interest in hand? Is it the Communist Party in China? Yeah. I don't think so. That would be my vote. You know, I'd rather it so anyway. It's just. I'm not going to keep going down this path, but it's just very interesting. <laughs> Every time you just and you come across little crazy stories like this, like uh, yeah, of course they're they're posing as local residents yeah. to yeah. <laughs> to you know protest opening a mine. Why wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they like again, they they're they're very smart about what they're doing. Very, you know, and very. they know, and they also they figured out they figured out the manipulation aspect. Yeah, and you know, and they're they're very smart about how they use social media in particular. <laughs> you know, and again, obviously that's why we're talking about the whole TikTok thing. You know, Absolutely, this idea that like, hey, you know, social media is a great way to get people to think one thing or another, or oh, yeah. fall down misinformation rabbit holes. Yep. And man, yep, uh, it's it, it, my I guess you know at this point it's it's not going to get any better before it gets worse. At this point, I don't think. I don't know. Like, I, it, what, I don't, I don't is, know where I the just, end game comes in all this. I don't but, know where the end know, game like, comes either. But you know, when you got whole countries shutting down whole entities like that, yeah. people are starting to make starting to vote. You know, and I use air quotes. They're starting right, to right. vote on these types of things by saying, "No, this is not going <laughs> to happen." Here. Yeah. So yeah. very interesting. Maybe yeah. that's one of the mega trends. You well, got other mega I trends. I do. Yes. Yeah. So so a um a recent report came out from uh, Ciro C S I R O called Our Future World. They do a once a decade report where they kind of identify global mega trends. Once a decade. Once okay. a decade. All right. So these are seven global mega trends that hold the key to the challenges and opportunities ahead. And really, like, uh, there's a much deeper in depth report to go behind all of this. And I'm not going to say that I actually read every bit of it myself, but oh, it's uh, probably one of those <laughs> you know 500 page. Yeah, reports exactly. There's a, there's a lot yeah. of a lot of depth to this. And yeah. overall, like the trends overall here, and I'll, I'll tell you the seven trends. They're not necessarily like mind blowing. There's nothing here like wow, I didn't realize like that was something that's influencing the world. We should all know this, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's good to look at this from in a you know this larger holistic view and realize like all right, these are the things that are influencing and shaping where the world's going from here. And a couple of these are actually very relevant to our channel and to our you know business model too. So here are the seven megatrends: adapting to a changing climate, uh-huh. climate change. We know we know that's, that's going on there. We get that. Yep. Unlocking the human dimension, which basically is around the idea of. Diversity, equity, transparency in business policy and community decision making, mm-hmm. uh, leaner, cleaner, and greener, global push to net zero and beyond, kind 
to tie it again to the to the climate change thing, but rather than just acknowledging that it's happening, also like what are we going to do about it? Kind okay. Of thing. Yeah. Uh, increasingly autonomous makes sense. Rise of artificial intelligence, advanced autonomous systems, enhancing productivity and output across all industries. Escalating health imperative, promotion of health in the face of rising demand, demographic aging, emerging diseases and unhealthy lifestyles. Obviously, mm-hmm. health has become a big issue mm-hmm. over the last couple of years for Got other reasons, Got a lot of too. aging people, yeah. myself included, yep. Uh, <laughs> diving into digital, rapidly growing digital and data economy, yep. and geopolitical shifts. The increase in to ensure efforts to ensure global stability, trade, mm. economic growth, tied right into your previous, yeah. you know, there you there, obviously there, too. Right. So, again, none of these really stood out to me as, like, you know, wow, the, you know, mind-blowing. I did not think that was you know going to be that big of a deal but mm-hmm. they all make sense as like and honestly you probably could go back a decade and mm-hmm. a lot of the same stuff and maybe mm-hmm. we weren't talking about the climate change part then mm-hmm. as much mm-hmm. maybe we weren't talking about the autonomous aspect or as mm-hmm. much about the digital stuff you know a couple of decades back even mm-hmm. but most of it is pretty straightforward it's just a matter of like kind of a way of level setting and saying like look you know and I would think from the business perspective, you know, mm-hmm. especially as someone maybe running a corporation or thinking about starting a business, is keeping this kind of stuff in mind and realizing, like, you know, your business and where it's going or whatever you're doing, you know, whether it's a, you know, a, um, um, you know, some kind of charitable benefit or, you know, an organization mm-hmm. you're putting together, a nonprofit, you know, to work on things. Understanding, I think, these global mega trends will help you kind of realize, like, all right, we've got to be keeping an eye on all this stuff mm-hmm. at all times. I see. These are the things that we need to keep in the back of our mind. And if we're not addressing them or thinking about how they might impact our business or the world around us, that's something where you might fall behind. So obviously the two that really stood out for our industry was increasingly autonomous mm-hmm. and diving into digital. Mm-hmm. You could make mm-hmm. a point for any of these still affecting our industry. In, in, oh, for sure. Somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. But those are two, obviously, I looked at and said, hey, you know, we, we're always talking about autonomous. autonomous we're always yes. talking about artificial intelligence. And it's interesting because, you know, I feel like as we've, we've been talking about this more and I'm doing some research around it, we did a, there's a, you know, spoiler alert, there's going to be a, you know, an interesting article coming on Blue Star Nation soon about mm. some surveys we did around artificial intelligence oh. with, with actual end users and the people nice. who may or may not be using it. All right. And without giving too much away, I'm simply going to say that it's still a very nebulous concept for a lot very. of people. Oh, for sure. It, you know, yeah. You, yeah. you can say the term artificial intelligence. But what does that actually you mean? You can pick 100 people and ask them what that means to them, you and you will likely answers. get 100 different answers. 100%. You yeah. might get a few commonalities here yeah. and there. Right, right, right. But what it means in to a people, word bubble, you might see some of the yeah, words. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. There'll be like you know th- two or three bold words and you know a bunch of like little tiny ones. But a basically. lot of noise around it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, I think you know this is kind of our way of saying like this is happening. We're not going to get away from this, even if people don't quite get it or understand it right now. Doesn't mean that it's coming, and it's important to be keeping an eye out for this kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Anything you had to add there to these? Or? No, I mean it's it, it is interesting. A, a little bit of is reassuring. You know, some of the th- th- right. thoughts that we have around. It's interesting that they took a ten year look at this. You know, and so that's like macro right, uh, trend right. oriented type of thing. When going back to one that you you know unlocking the human dimension. You know, I think to myself uh, the drive for authenticity. Right. I mean, when you look at like leaner, greener. Uh, cleaner. There's been a lot of inauthenticity w- within yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. Uh, recycle world and stuff like that. And Are you I actually making the impact you say you're making? Or bingo, think you're making all those yeah. kinds of things. So I, I think that you know, I think the realism it would be another trend. I'm here. I am professing on my soapbox, but uh, it would be another trend that you might see. But it's interesting right. because that has the human dimension, right? So it's kind of yep. bringing yep. that back down to that. Of course, we always talk about the uh, the digital era and and what that's going to be. I mean. 
who knows, uh, with it from AI yeah. to yeah. again, uh, big data, et cetera, et cetera. There's there's a lot to a lot of opportunity yeah. there, yeah. a lot to unpack. I was watching a fascinating show on on cryptocurrency and where that's going and what it's doing and uh, just a lot that lot that's going to happen just there alone in that little itty bitty slice of digital. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah I can I see agree. that. I don't well, disagree. And, you know, and to your point also. The like the the diagram they show about this on their the front of their website mm-hmm. presents it almost like a Venn diagram of right. all of these yeah. seven concepts, which yeah. is kind of their way of suggesting, and rightfully so, all of these things are tied together. Interlaced. Yeah. You know, they are they are separate mega trends in a way, but they mm-hmm. all are connected to each other in various ways, and yeah. and addressing them is all, is going to be an interconnected kind of you know yeah. um, effort. For, for humanity, I think, yeah. as well. So Yeah, good stuff, though. Yeah, interesting, you know, like, this is one of those things, like, you know, I, I'd be interested to come back and see this again in another 10 years and see, like, you know, what's changed. Yeah, I want know. the old report. Now you got me wanting, uh, like, the point. old yeah, report. Yeah, yeah. Should I, I have had my flying car by I, now? I think I should have. <laughs> I think there's stuff, like, in the full report that kind of dives into, oh, you know, like, like you know, yeah. what what things were in the past, how much has changed since, et cetera. So, All right. well, uh, they better if be... you want to do the deep dive, it's, it's there. There so. you go, yeah. All right, Dean, speaking so, of, like, crazy-ass concepts, that are um, okay. So, do you ever feel like life is getting a little too advanced? Uh, do, do you ever feel that way? Like sometimes we talk about economic. I try to stay di- on top of things. Well, but we yeah. talk about economic divides, right? You right, got the right. haves and the have-nots, and that's really kind of something easy to analyze. Right, and right. it's money, and, and right. you got that. But what about knowledge divides? <laughs> like those who understand <laughs> and those who do not. Right, I, I, right. Uh, an article like this makes me take a step back and say. I am part of the have-nots. Yeah, I don't I agree. understand what is going on, and 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 stuff is happening really, really fast. And right, it's like, what right. is? So here's the headline: Engineers demonstrate entanglement of quantum information over a record distance of more than 20 miles. Advance is a key step to developing of quantum internet. Number one, didn't know we were developing a quantum internet. What is how much? How much internet? of that? Like when you read that, you went like, "What?" what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so here I am. My knowledge divide. I'm like, dude, I am getting passed over. Big I understand time. internet. So ne- yeah, right. An internet, a network in which data is transmitted is perfectly secure against hacking. Does that sound right. good? Right. Right. Physicists may have their way. Um, and I'm just reading here. This will become a reality one day with the help of quantum mechanical phenomenon known as entanglement. So if you don't know what entanglement is, which is a really <laughs> difficult concept. And All right. I'll, I'll try I'll be back here. in three hours when Dean's done explaining this I one. got one paragraph. Uh, for entangled particles, the rule is if you measure a state of one particle, think photon, then you are automatically know the state of another. It makes no difference how far away the entangled particles are from each other. This is the ideal state of affairs for transmitting information over long distances. So right, here's, the, right. here's the concept. If you think about a laser beam going through a crystal and you got photons, the whole idea of entanglement is that you've got like a photon on one side, a photon on the other side, and the, their behaviors are... Um, you can expect what's going to happen. Right. So they're using that to now transmit data across, they did it across apparently 20 miles. So right. there is no transmission, right? So it's not hackable in the sense that the old world, you and I think of like phone line, right? Oh, yeah, or tap in somewhere <laughs> and you <laughs> intercept. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, right. like I'm tapping here <laughs> that's sending a signal across a wire and it's, you know, hitting right, the right. thing on the other side. Uh, that's a very physical thing that you can hack into yes. yeah. and you can, but when you're talking quantum, when there is no direct, the, the, the relation is quantum mechanics. It's like my, my mind is just like, what <laughs> is going on here? So, but it's, it's not theoretical. 
you know, when I come no, across articles like this where they've proven it and they've right. actually done it, which, by the way, Einstein was not, he didn't believe quantum, you know, theory was a thing. Well, right. He, he believed it was a thing, but it was, he had issues with it, right? right. So right. it's not just me. Right. <laughs> The gr- <laughs> makes me possibly the, the greatest mind, the greatest in human mind history. ever. Yeah, he had a hard One time them, getting least. his yeah. mind around it, exactly. at least in his short in his lifetime. So yeah. anyway, yeah. it's just one of those things. It's like, dude, what is going? On? I mean, there's stuff that's happening. We, maybe we will get to Star Wars a hell of a lot faster than we thought, and it's through stuff right. like quantum engineering of a quantum internet. No, no idea we were trying yeah. to build that. I, one. I'm with you on this because I'm. I like to think of myself as a relatively smart guy. Right. I've done the reading, you know, yeah. like I, you know, I'm a, I'm a science fiction nerd. So like I come across yes. a lot of yes. heady topics and I don't mind doing the extra research and understanding what they are. I, you yep. know, I, 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 there's a lot of things I feel like I get, but I admit <laughs> this is one of those things that I was reading this article and going, what? I get it in theory. I, I sort of get it in theory, but only in the most basic general, like this is what we're trying to do since. Like the actual mechanics behind it, the actual yeah. science behind it is no. way beyond me. And yeah. I, I think that's probably, you know, I, I I would venture a guess that 99.9% of the people you meet are probably going to feel the same way about this. Oh, like, 100%. Okay, yeah. you know, but, yeah. the, you know, but, but again, thankfully there are people smarter than us that are working on this but, stuff. But I want to, you know, I can reasonably usually read something and right. if I don't understand it, like how bits and bytes work or, or yeah. whatever, you know, how a processor works. And I, I can get it conceptually, but some of this stuff is like, what yeah. are they smoking? Yeah. And, 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 or what am I smoking? <laughs> apparently I don't know that I don't understand what this is. I don't know. I mean, but it, that's why I kind of, are they too smart or am I too dumb? The knowledge divide. <laughs> I mean, think about it though. I mean, right. you, when right. you have a class where 99.9% per- of the people don't understand the technology that's being developed, what, yeah. what does that mean yeah. long term? I, I don't know. Yeah. You got the one per the point one percenters out right. there that actually whoa, they can sit back and <laughs> And I'm curious, is this the kind of thing where because there's a lot of there's a lot of technology and science that we take for granted now and understand oh, a lot. and like don't have, so much in this phone yeah, that exactly. I don't understand. And like right. I mean and granted I may not understand all of it, but at least I get the the fundamentals of it, enough that I'm not in, again like this looking at it and going, well, What? But I also know I there's People that are still alive that I can show some of this technology to. Yeah, and they like, will go what? <laughs> and and you know, and if you went back a hundred years, a lot of what we take for granted today, most people would just their minds would be blown by even uh, trying to there comprehend. You go. And maybe so that's hope. what maybe There's that's what hope. it is. Maybe we're just at the point where know. then we got to up our game on our school systems. I mean, we <laughs> well, got to start teaching some entanglement. This this is true regardless. <laughs> yeah. Uh, By the time you get to high school, you should have a <laughs> fundamental understanding of what quantum physics is. I would is. love it if Miles would come home from school one yes, day, you know, right. you know, 10, 15 years in the future, you know, and say, hey, hey, daddy, um, you know, let's talk about, maybe he's probably not calling me daddy at that point still, but you know, pops, <laughs> hey, pops, pops, hey, old man. Oh, God, he probably will be, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, he'll probably come in and say like, hey, dad, I want to talk to you about quantum mechanics. This is what I learned about today. And, and I'll probably just sit there and go, huh? You know, no, that's but, awesome. That, yes. Let's but make hopefully, that, let's but let hopefully that happen. Case. I think yeah. that would be, that would be It's fantastic. like my 11-year-old yes. coming to me with math problems. Problems. Here, here yeah, well, what? Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm the knuckle dragger in Bahuan. What? <laughs> you know, I was a I was a math guy when I was in school. I was very good at math, but I have a feeling this new math is going to blow me. Yeah, just blow you're not going like to like it. You're not going to like it. Yeah. Survey anybody. Which, by the way, you have a survey coming. Up I do. Here, right? Okay. So, uh, all right. Uh, we we always enjoy our surveys and rankings of stuff around we here do. on the podcast. We do. So I got one. Uh, this was JD Power put out their survey of the uh, the top airports. So well, basically, oh boy. a North American airport satisfaction study for 2022. Which can we take a pause here because a lot of people were back in airports, right? Yes, Over the, and, there was that massive, obviously, with the pandemic, right, nobody right, went. Right. 
But then it's like, I went into an airport, it was packed. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, when we went to Vartek, I mean, it was, it was you know, like leaving, I, I think I was flying out at six something or whatever. And, and it was packed. It was packed. The yeah. security line was the farthest out I've ever seen it. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So this will be interesting. Uh, so, right. well, the, and they do point that out some of the key findings that crowds are back to pre-pandemic levels. Okay. So we're, we're pretty much back to where they were before. We're mm-hmm. all back flying. Um, inflation has hit airports. They mentioned like a lot of people in the survey noted that they're not making food and beverage purchases at the airport because they're too expensive. All right. And apparently parking has become a super a big issue, which again usually is, but maybe even more so than than usual. Okay, and I guess if you get so many people coming in, I don't know, you know, like for some reason parking has apparently become a big issue. So essentially, now because I know we always like to find out like what's the criteria for the rankings <laughs> part of this. So uh, let's get into that real quick. Right. Uh, so this this the study measures overall traveler satisfaction with mega large and medium North American airports. Oh, okay. Now they define that basically very quickly. Mega airports are defined as those with 33 million or more passengers a year, large 10 to 32.9 million and medium 4.5 to 9.9 million. All right. Uh, So that's the definition of those. And Mm -hmm. they basically rank them by six factors uh, in order of importance, terminal facilities, airport arrival and departure, baggage claim, security check, check in slash baggage check, and food, beverage, and retail. So those are the six things that they're defining them by. All right. So looking Which at some of the... Which is basically about all you can do in an airport, Yeah, right? yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. So looking at the results here, basically, Minneapolis-St. Paul International ranked the highest in passenger satisfaction really? among mega airports. Okay. Um, behind Shortly behind them were San Francisco International Airport, Detroit Metro... Uh, and John F. Kennedy International. What? JFK is in there? Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. Okay. But, but to be fair, I've only I been haven't been JFK there in a long time. Maybe once. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah I don't remember much of it. Uh, on the large airports, you've got Tampa at the top, followed by John Wayne, Orange mm. County, and Dallas Love Field. All right. And in the midsize, which is actually where CVG falls in, I'll look at the CVG in a moment. All right. Um, you have Indianapolis International is number huh. one. Okay. Pittsburgh International. What? Jacksonville International, and Southwest Florida. <laughs> As the top four there. Southwest. Uh, okay. Our local CVG, Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky Airport, uh, came in below aver- below the middle average <laughs> for medium. Um, I, I, again, I don't know if this list is like the full comprehensive list, but I think uh-huh. they were like number 12 or 13 on this this ranking. Okay. But the score was, you know, d- a decent amount of b- below average, which I kind of can see and get, even though they yeah. made a lot of upgrades locally. So I don't know. What do you think about this? Because I, you know, <clears> you probably get through a lot more airports than I do these days. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, and I, I've got some that I like more than others. But I'm, you know, some of these there at the top, I've never even been to. I've been to San Francisco International, JFK a long time ago. But, yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. What do you, how do you feel about them? Yeah, well, it's right. So my sensitivity is going up a little bit more with as much more travel that I'm doing now. Um, never been to San Francisco. I, oh, my gosh, it's been like 25 years. So I yeah. can't even put that on my radar. But I will agree that Detroit Metro is a great Yeah, airport. I don't think I've ever been through you, there. Oh, you need to go. I mean, it is, it's clean. It's big. They've got all kinds of amenities. It's, yeah. it's, it's a well-run airport and it's really fun to be there when it's snowing because their snow removal is like world class well they don't I, mess around i was gonna say they know what they're doing i'm and assuming it keeps, yeah. it keeps the planes on time i mean i yeah. i have no fear at all flying into detroit right. if the weather's bad because they will just sweep that stuff and get it done yeah. uh kind of the thing so yeah not bad john wayne i love john wayne for a kind of a medium size uh, if I'm ever going to the L.A. area, I always try to go into John Wayne uh, over LAX. So don't don't disagree with that. Don't know about Dallas. I mean, Dallas is nice and all. Maybe I've just been there too too many times. It it got a pretty high rank. Yeah, eh, yeah. I don't know. 
uh, type of thing. And I, I haven't really been to a lot of those lower ones. But it uh, doesn't surprise me that CVG's not up there. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, we went through a big, huge reorg over right, the last 20 right. years or, or whatnot. But um, I think what probably hurts <clears throat> the most in CVG, you know, if you're not counting the security part, which, you know, is like there's not many airports where people are ever very happy with security. Mm-hmm. And I feel like CVG is one of those ones that can be better more often than not. But mm-hmm. lately, for some reason, it hasn't been. But uh, the like the the retail options, food, beverage, retail. Yep. yep. CVG is very lacking. I think very lack. Uh, like yeah. you know, there's you know, it's it's not it's a lot. never never been a lot of options. You're kind of limited. It's never been well, terribly exciting options. No, and the other thing that happened is, I mean, we were dominated by Delta for so right, many right. years, and then in the last ten years. Uh, Delta lost its dominancy. We lost our hub status. Right, so now right. you have all these other, which is great from a flying perspective, right. but they had to really literally pull out a mothballs terminal one to <laughs> yeah. do that. And so you have terminal one. If you go in CVG is old. I mean, right, it feels right. like 1980 because it was built in whatever <laughs> the seventies. And so you, even today when you walk in there, it's like, yeah, yeah. and this just feels like an old school terminal and yeah, not good retail and stuff yeah. like, and that's where a lot of people are now going through because all the discount airlines yeah. fly out of there. Yep, and it's exactly. Delta all by themselves in this beautiful big concourse, and there's only Delta <laughs> out there. So anyway, yeah, yeah. Yep. But, so uh, I thought that was an interesting survey. It is an interesting survey. All right, survey. tell us about the state of another industry. So, right, uh, it came across this, open table, and duh, that they would have a lot of good information. Yeah. They had a little bit of information on the restaurant industry in recovery. And so, uh, you know, they again, they have some data points here, and, and not a lot to talk about here, but I did think it was really interesting that they take a look at, obviously, the growth and and people making reservations and, and seating uh, right. and those types of things in there. They're able, they've got a pretty good database here that they can look back years. But this one particular kind of looked at from 2019 uh, as the base point and then kind of, you know, showed, well, what happened in 2020, 2021, and then finally here in 2022. And so it's kind of what you would expect from a macro, you know, obviously the big, huge dive in 2020. But when you look at it, like in percentages, it's, it's really remarkable, like in the U.S., for example, uh, in March of 2020, it's just it just tanked. it's that, like 100 yeah. percent down kind of a thing, and then that lingered for months, and it's it's taken a while. But what's really so the thing that I combed out here is that still in the United States, we are still down as far as people reserving and doing seating, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are like I would say an an average negative four to negative five percent below where we were in 2019. That is not the case globally, number one, and it's really not the case when you look at other countries like anything in in Europe. They're up dramatically, right, you know. Right. So there, there's like, so it, it's just a, this interesting divide that you know. Okay, so again, in the U.S., yeah, it's back. It's back to where it was, maybe a little lower. You right. know, people actually eating and making reservations in restaurants. But if you were to go to Ireland or the United Kingdom, it's up. It's up right. like. 50%, 60%. I mean, big numbers where where it's a lot more people. Now, they do attribute that to, as you know, a lot of restaurants kind of built their seating outside uh, and they augmented their seating by going under right, this right. sidewalk and sometimes even into streetscapes right. uh, and converting streets into now pedestrian. Right. Uh, so all that seating became available and that's why you're seeing uh, you know more. It's not like they built more of them, right, but there right. was just an increased capacity there. And so you're, you're, you saw. So, uh, again, w- that's the only thing that was really interesting to me is that U.S. still down a little bit, but other, other places around the world, Australia, Canada, 
Ireland, Mexico, UK, globally up, and in a lot of places up significantly, right. which I thought was kind of interesting. I'm curious if the lag behind <clears throat> the rest of the world has anything to do with... Like, is there? Okay, I, obviously, I would, I would assume that we the, sit at home and get DoorDash. Well, I was that's just what saying, like, means. I would, I, I think that's probably a big part of it. Is like, oh, are, it's a huge. Is there part simply of it. more people that are doing that, or and even more restaurants that are offering that yeah. than you're going to find yeah. in other I countries? Think that's the, this data is backing yeah. that up. Yeah, and I think also, like, the other part of that would probably be too, because I'm sure the U.S. probably has a lot more chain restaurants than yep. you're going to find anywhere else, probably in sure. the world for the most part. For sure. And the chains usually, it's a lot easier for them to make those kind of pivots and mm-hmm. and adapt into the you know the delivery and yep. pick up. Pick stuff up. if they wanted mm-hmm. to. Yep. So I, I I have a feeling those two factors probably combined together keep you know would will, will, will almost always keep us below. I, you know yep. like I, I like I this probably is just going to be the new norm with this. It, yes, I agree. I think well, just that's fewer why, people exactly once, once you because if you think pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. you know most of us none of us weren't doing the delivery thing. Frankly, nope. even though it existed, right. it, it had existed pizza, for a while. Yeah, pizza delivery. That's it. Right, yeah. Chinese and pizza. That was that yeah. was the, the typical thing. Right. Um, you know, so otherwise it was either fast food pickup or you were mm-hmm. going and eating, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you, you might've gone and picked up something from a nice restaurant, but again, yeah. but a lot if we were going to like happened. Chipotle, we would go to Chipotle. Yeah. Now if we go to Chipotle, I'm picking it up. Exactly. So yeah. I, so I, I don't see that ever, like, that's just not going to shift back. I think yeah. you're just like, right. you know, that's the new normal now and right. you know, it just wasn't there before and it just is now. And mm-hmm. I just think, you know, that has to be. And I would, I, you know, I think a lesson there for anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur in the restauranting space is like, you know, or, you know, is thinking about starting one yep. or yep. buying into one or whatever is that's got to be baked into your, your, yeah, your business model at this Even point. Even more so now. Yeah. Right. Like you that's, just have to assume like no matter how mm-hmm. awesome it is, no matter what experience you might be building out mm-hmm. that you just can't, you know, you, if, if you're, if you're going to go in with the idea that you only want people coming in and being seated. That's fine, but you have to understand, like, you're not going to get the volume yep. that you could have had, you know, yeah. three, three, four years ago. Three, four years ago. That's absolutely so. right. So the data helps back that up. Yeah. See, we are helping our VAR. There you see, this, this is useful stuff. Yeah, got because some data. Exactly. And we'll point you to this link so that you can yep. go, go see it. But it, it's a really fascinating. If you're talking to a customer and, you know, yep. they're hesitant about, you know, getting into some of this modern technology, this is something to point to and say, look. You know, it's happening and people aren't going back. You're not going to be the one that make changes the whole game. That's so. exactly right. Yep. yep. So what's this dad brain? Thing? All right. So, uh, there, so, you know, sometimes you hear about like after a new dad, you know, or, or a young dad or whatever has become a new father or whatever. They mm-hmm. feel like they've got this burst of strength. You know, in this article notes that, uh, you know, you hear it like baseball players, you know, they'll yeah. come back from the paternity leave, whatever, and crack a home <laughs> run, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm, you uh, know, dad's get it for my kid. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm ready oh, to yeah, go. Right. And, you know, we all feel like, you know, we're more powerful, whatever. But apparently there is an actual study that was that was published by Cerebral Cortex uh, this September that finds Wait, that... there's an entity called Cerebral Cortex? Cerebral <laughs> Cortex, yes. That okay. finds that first-time fathers show longitudinal gray matter cortical volume reduction. Whoa, which, wait, what? in layman's terms, just means that their brains shrink just a little bit <laughs> when their first kid arrives. Whoa. Uh, and apparently, but now here's the here's the kicker to it, because this says this feels counterintuitive. Wouldn't a brand new child care adventure require the full might of your cognitive capabilities? Right. Absolutely. But the research indicates that the shrinking is strategic. It occurs only in the cortical area of the brain, which the author of the study explains we use to daydream and think about other people. Ah, so who's got time for that when you got a kid? Uh, exactly. So basically the stuff that you, you know, would do because you didn't have anything else to do <laughs> is gone and pushed out and gets shut out of your brain. And that part of your brain is like, okay, we're done here because uh, got you've you. got a little person that you have to start thinking about now. Got you've got it. someone else besides you. Now, 
part of me is also like, well, were you not doing that for your spouse already? You know, maybe or your loved ones <laughs> well, or friends clear, or something. Clearly but, not. No, <laughs> clearly yeah. not. Yeah. So, and here's evidence to back that right. up. Yeah. So at least, so apparently, like dads will, you know, will section off that part of their brain and start focusing more on what they need to do for their for their new child. But they do also we get it back. By the way, n- apparently not. Oh. Um, I mean, maybe we do. I don't know. They don't really permanent attrition. They is don't what really oh, talk great. about that in here necessarily. Oh, I suppose, like as your kid gets older, maybe you open that stuff up a little bit more. Um, But they make an interesting point here also, like talking about paternity leave Mm. and how, you know, the U.S. is way behind the rest of the world in offering time off, Mm -hmm. you know, for parents in general, but especially for for fathers and noting like, hey, you know, making that kind of connection and, you know, building the kind of relationship you need to have with your child and, Mm. you know, developing the new part of your brain that Mm -hmm. you need there Mm -hmm. takes time. And, you know, when you only get one week or two weeks off, you know, Mm -hmm. to to actually spend time with your kid and then you got to get right back into focusing on work, you know, 40 (laughs) hours a week, maybe you don't get enough time to do that so and those yeah. relationships can suffer so interesting just so, an interesting little little yeah. story of dad brain dad so. brain so there, there's a physical reason why yeah we we get well, it yeah. you know yeah, yeah. right it, it, you know i also thought like okay you always hear about like you know women talking about dad bods you know like oh he's right. got a dad yeah, bod dad. you know like are they talking about dad brain like oh look at that dad brain you know <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess I'm not I'm not sitting there, you know, you know, watching baseball for three hours because I'm taking care of my kid. That's pretty hot. Right. And I have less mental capacity to daydream. Yeah, exactly. Right. That that has shriveled. So I'm not going to sit around and daydream as much. I'm going to help out. I think to me, it's a good thing. You know, like I think it's I think it's a a great uh, reallocation of those brains. I love it. I love it. Who knew? What was the name of that public cortex? Uh, Cerebral cortex. Cerebral cortex. Man. I mean. Right? Just call it what it is, That's you know. Something so. to call yourself, I guess. Yeah. All right, Dean. Let's um let's talk well, about so let's talk about Taylor Swift. Apparently you're a T Swift fan. I don't know. So it's just we'll get into more of that in a moment. The here. headline that I that came across was, you know, so I guess she dropped a new album. Yes. Midnight's. Uh, became 2022's best-selling album just you guess one she dropped a new album Come a- on. after just one day, <laughs> and it broke Spotify records for the most streams in one day. Now she didn't break the overall record, right? right of of total streams within a week. Uh, apparently, that is still given to Drake. Right, uh, Drake's Scorpion was ridiculous. So, t- for perspective. Um, T Swift got 486 million on-demand official streams uh, over the first six days of its release. Think about that for a yeah. second. 486 million. Wow, that's a an astronomical and I, number. I would venture that the first maybe 10, 10 million. <clears throat> sorry, 10 million. Yeah, <laughs> 10 million or so. 10 million of those happened in the first night. Oh, I'm sure it, was it released did. at midnight. I'm sure it. Oh, well, of course, a play on the on the whole album there, but. It still pales in comparison, unfortunately, to Drake. Drake's Scorpion had 745 million in the first six days. But she, uh, this ranks in the top five. But anyway, it did break Spotify's most stream in a single day. So uh, that I thought was pretty impressive. So I guess T Swift still has it. She does, right? Is that where we're landing here? I so how long had it been? So so we're unearthing that you're a T Swift. She had an album, yeah, Mm -hmm. not that long. She put out two during the pandemic. Okay, like so she, it hasn't like, been that During long. when she was like at home, she basically just cranked out two like amazing, you know, kind okay. of folk albums almost. Not folk, but like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. a little more downbeat than what she normally does. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm a big fan of hers um, and not something I would have expected because I definitely had no interest in her during her country days. <laughs> 
it was uh, for one like I have become someone who's you don't become, even talk about that phase. No, I've yeah, become right. much more appreciative of pop in general. Uh, um, Why appreciative of pop? I've, okay, I've I gotta get my head weird, around like, that. So, like now again, you know, I have a very wide ranging taste in music. I think we've talked yes. about this before. Yes, you do. Um, you know, you can go to my you know Apple Music playlist and yes. you know Marco can vouch for this. We were listening to some stuff before you came in today. It's like yeah. everywhere. Put it on shuffle, and it goes from you know Aerosmith <laughs> to, uh, yeah. to Metallica to <laughs> Taylor Swift <laughs> to Michael Jackson. Like you know, I'm all over the place. There's Fair like just random, all kinds of different artists. Oasis, like you know, you name yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm listening to it. So with her, like I've I when I came to start listening to her, and of course, like the 1989 album, mm-hmm. not released in '89, but her 1989 album, like is which is her biggest one, yeah, probably to date. Um, is you know you start realizing like how amazing of a songwriter she actually mm-hmm. is. And I think mm-hmm. that's where I'm a big fan of someone who does their own a lot of their stuff. own songwriting. Absolutely, work. for and sure. She is a just a ridiculously smart songwriter. Yeah, like I love just like she's one of those artists like her songs got a lot of fun and bounce and pop mm-hmm. to them, and I enjoy that part mm-hmm. anyway. But if you actually listen to the lyrics and pay attention to what she's doing with a lot of them, you you'll be amazed by little hooks and ways yep. that she can yep. spin a phrase and yep. tell a story. Yep. And, yeah. Well, Always there's a reason she's that, so, so popular. And I agree with exactly. you. I, I like yeah. genuine songwriters, too. Yeah. People that have talent. Uh, I'm willing to give a path into my mind of, of musical whatever. Yeah. Uh, acceptance. Yeah. So uh, so and, I so I've been enjoying the new album. Yeah, okay. I was excited. Right. I didn't listen at midnight when it came out. I'm I'm too old. I'm sorry. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> now, I went back in the day. Midnight? Back in the day I was that guy who would be at media play at midnight uh, picking up new huh. releases when they uh, came out. Huh. But that was, you know, that was 20 years or so ago, you know. Right. Nowadays I even though I'll just wait till the next day and, and listen then. But yeah. did give it a listen. We actually were on a road trip that day. My wife and I gave it a oh, listen. Oh, so you listened we to Midnight? So we listened How do you like to it? The album. It's pretty good. I do like it. Uh, yeah. Antihero and Karma are probably my two favorite tracks. Okay. But those are probably obvious answers. Mm-hmm. I'll need to listen to it more to maybe dig out some other ones. I that got I like. you. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, but yes, I'm a Swifty. I, I admit it. I love her stuff. So, what do you think about the whole thing of like you know an artist dropping a whole album as opposed to like trickling out songs? I mean, and she stuff put like out. That. I mean, I'm old school, right? Actually, I, I don't know if she put out a single single at all. She right, that's what one. I'm saying. So but she doesn't need to. That's just well, it. I know She's she doesn't need doesn't to, but I'm to. saying like I'm old school. I'm just like when they dropped an album, I'm waiting for the whole album. Not yeah, not yeah. this. Oh, here's a song. Well, then it, a, a week later, here's another song. That's a very good point because we've become such a a single heavy yes. music you know, yes. industry now, where yes. it's all like like most artists don't put together full albums that right. are quality like they'll they'll put an album out yes but but it's just a compilation talking, of songs yeah exactly it's a compilation <laughs> of stuff either they've already released most of it or it's like five great songs that they really yeah. want you to listen to yeah and then some other stuff but some artists are bucking there. that train like harry styles if, i agree like if you listen to harry's house he wants you to listen to it from beginning right. to end and i'm because, a big fan of that because I'm, I'm he a big wrote it that, that way he wants you to experience right. it and when you go to one of his concerts i've never been but uh <laughs> because i can't wear feathers and whatever but but you you know, if you go to one of his concerts, he's going to play the whole thing. Right. He's going to play it from A to B, right. or right, A to Z, and, and in that order. So I, I, yeah. I got respect for that. I, I have a lot of a respect for artists. I, I can respect albums. stuff like that. Yeah. So you're saying T Swift is in that mode? I very much so. Yes. But but what about these other artists? That yeah, they're just dropping singles, and it's like, what is the rest of the album? I don't know. There that, was this that's one just it. There'll be there'll be times when I'll find someone. I'm like, oh, I like this song. I'm going to listen to the rest of the album. I listen to the rest of the album. I'm like. Mm. Yeah, there was like one other song Junk. that I kind of dug, but basically, <laughs> the ones that are actually good are typically the radio hits. And so, is there like I, I, is there some commission, some committee out there that like listens to it and said this is the one that's going to be successful? Well, and that's interesting because I, I was was listening to something or reading an article that they mentioned like Taylor Swift has always been kind of accused, not accused, but like people have mentioned like 
it feels like she picks the wrong songs to be the mm. singles. Like the one, like the songs that she'll pick is to be like the big first single or, you know, the big, mm-hmm. you know, first one that goes out there mm-hmm. is usually nowhere close to being the best on the album. Right. And usually sometimes the deep cuts are some of the better stuff, which I will agree. There's been stuff when I've listened to her albums, I'm like, man, why didn't I never hear this song? Mm-hmm. This is probably the best thing on this album. Um, and to give you an example that she released, I guess this was last year, maybe, She's been re-releasing some of her old stuff because she no longer had control over the masters oh, anymore. Right. She remastered so she did them Taylor's and versions, yes. mm-hmm. which there's not a lot of difference. I mean, if you're yeah, an yeah, audiophile, yeah, yeah, right, you probably right. will notice some yeah, big differences. Right. If you just like the music, you're not going to see anything huge mm-hmm. there. But it's a smart move on her part because basically she can tell all of her legion of fans, yeah. go buy my, my version, version, and yes. I own that and what yes. comes out of it at this point. Well, when she did that for her album Red, which was probably her big kind of pop breakthrough. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was like she put like a bunch of extra new songs in there, like stuff from the vault and things, you know, and re records mm-hmm. of stuff and some things that she didn't have before. And there's a song in there she does with Phoebe Bridgers called Nothing New, which has become one of my absolute favorite songs of all time. Mm. Not something that was on the regular album, not something that I've ever heard really that many mm-hmm. people talk about, mm-hmm. but I'm like, man, this is just a phenomenal, Good stuff. amazing song. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's a buried, lost track of sorts <laughs> that, you know, that she so, re recorded with a lot of modern artist. So we're getting spoon fed what the, what the record agency oh, or yeah, whatever yeah. wants us to hear. That's why radio their, sucks. Their best. Well, yeah, but I come from a DNA. So Rush is my best band ever. And they, they bucked the trend. That was the whole oh, reason yeah. why they got popular. I mean, 2112 was like, what the record yeah. company didn't want them to release it thought it would be the worst the thing ever album. they thought they were burnt they were going down in flames by releasing it they thought that yeah. their career is over yeah. but we're going out in our way right if we're, if we're done here we're going to do it our way brilliant though yeah. and, not and enough artists do that not anymore. enough not artists enough do that. not enough rely on the the strength of an album yeah. and actually put together an album that's and look no one's ever going to like every <clears throat> single song on an album it's rare no, right. that it happens but I want to at least like the bulk of them. Yeah, I want right. I want the stuff that's not being heavily pushed and marketed yep. and yep. all over commercials and no, I'm with showing you. up in all the, sh- the TV shows or yeah. whatever. I want that stuff to be good too. To me, a good so. album is like five good songs. Yeah. And I'm only deleting, you know, three or two or three or four yeah. of them. <laughs> of the thing. There you go. <laughs> good stuff. All right. What is genocide? <laughs> what, what, what what do we got here? So genericide, genericide. I'm genericide, sorry, genericide. I'm sorry. Genericide. All right. Uh, so this is a a campaign that uh, Kleenex has recently started called Ooh. the Lawyers of Kleenex, <laughs> and essentially genericide <laughs> is when you use a brand name to mean a generic version. Kleenex being an obvious oh, example. Yes. When you grab a tissue. tissue. A lot of sometimes people will say, give me a Kleenex. Kleenex. Yes. And so they're trying to do a, a campaign where they're saying, basically, the lawyers of Kleenex kindly asked you to refer to it as the Kleenex brand tissue. <laughs> now, you might think to yourself, why is this a bad thing when your brand has become the so synonymous with the, the product? The product. Yeah, that no matter who own, produces it. Exactly. That your mm-hmm. brand is the name that people refer to more often than that. That should be a good thing, right? Okay. And to some extent, yes. But apparently, though, there's a problem with this where if it happens for long enough, the brand equity starts to basically get whittled away to the point where now it becomes almost like public domain and not uh, an actual brand that you can have control over. Okay. So some examples of this, apparently, which this is one now I do that's not really fascinating. know of. Aspirin. Is ah. not, was not a generic name. It was not a no, generic. No, it was Bayer. That was Bayer had an yeah. actual trademark. And back in 1921, they lost a case versus the United <laughs> Drug Company 
to make that that to have aspirin be an official trademark name, and now it's just a public domain generic uh-huh. for any for any aspirin, you know, for any Got it. medication that has those same qualities of, of that. Got it. So that's kind of their, you know, it, the campaign's a little on the silly it's side. Their they're they're test, being yeah. kind of goofy about it, oh, but okay. at the same time, this is actually apparently a concern. You know, and you think about some of the other examples like Band Aid. Yep. You know, oh, Zoom. As if you want to look at a, a recent example, there like you go. People, you Let's know, get on a Zoom. You call. talk about Zoom, yeah. rather even though you're using WebEx or exactly. something else. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't honestly know. I, I don't know if I've ever even used Zoom. Maybe once or twice. Oh, you have. I'm sure you. Have. I'm sure I have. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah. know, but but yeah, it's just people might say that regardless. Right. Now, so far, those brands have still managed to hold on to their brand identity mm-hmm. necessarily around that. Mm-hmm. But there is a concern that potentially you might lose it over time if you allow you know that kind of you know, genericide to actually happen. Genericide. I feel like it's one of those, gotcha. like, not a terrible problem to have, like I yeah, said, right. early on at least. But I can see, again, like the aspirin being the clear case there of, of one where somewhere along the way, you know, you just decide. It's like like Googling, for instance. Yes, you know, everybody Googling. says, I'm Googling something. Yes, no yes. matter what search engine you're using. Everybody knows that they're, Most people are probably something. using that, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, Much better than saying that than binging. I'm binging. <laughs> I'm binging. Yeah, no See, that was never going to catch on. It doesn't sound <laughs> it's never cool. Never going to catch know? on. Uh, so uh, interesting. Just being interesting in marketing, I guess we there. should be super sensitive to. We naming, probably right? should. Yeah. 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 Like, I, I shouldn't be as flippant about this as, as I'm kind of being here. But we got to start a trend. What's blue starring or blue starred? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't think that's just it. We don't have like the that's blue, not synonymous blue with star of the product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, well, that product was blue starred to me. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Let it start today. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Let our forget clean... Amazon. Yeah, forget no, you know, no, no, no. All no. those other ways. Forget you know all the other ways you can get something. Like it's all about just a, a, the, the blue star now. So. Good stuff. Uh, maybe, right. maybe we can do it for the podcast. Like, you know, yeah. you don't listen to podcasts this in the morning. Like, I'm going to go listen to a Tech Connect. I was listening to some Tech Connects the other day. Yes. And I was there's really cool. I was listening to about Star Wars. Yes. Well, that actually happens on our show, too. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, all right, that does it for our our tech bites. Again, if you want to check out any of these, please go check out the show notes. Hey, uh, while you're down there, first of all, you know, um, you know, give us a shout out, yeah, if you like. Yeah, um, why not? You know, if you're checking out those show notes, yep. just a little scooch down a little further. You can leave a comment. Leave a for comment us if God you're watching it. on YouTube. That's right. Yeah, uh, you can like. You can subscribe to our channel. We're always doing fun, cool stuff on our YouTube please channel. Please do. That's how We've people find plenty us. Plenty of ideas for next year. Fun things yep. we're going to be doing. We need yep. you know subscribe so you don't miss out on that stuff. Uh, of course, share it with a friend if you have that opportunity or someone else in the channel or a colleague. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hey, you know, of course, this show doesn't happen without the support of our sponsors. Always want right. to thank them. Yep. Just wait. I, I promise you, end of year, we're going to mm-hmm. do a big shout out to all of our sponsors again. Yes. It's a long list. It is a long list. To rattle off. And, and I don't want to slight anybody by leaving one off. We it's, need show credits at the year. end. You know? yeah, we, we should do, do that next year. Yeah, that sounds yeah. like something Marco, Marco. just threw his hands hey, Marco. up. Like, great. They're just making me do some more work at this point. We need a little, yeah, a little uh, logo roll there at the end. <laughs> but hey, uh, of course, always, if you've got stuff to share with us, maybe topics you want us to talk about, Tech Bite stuff. Yeah, if you, throw us a bite. You come across interesting topics and you're like, hey, I'm curious what you guys think about this yeah, we'll send that it. stuff our way there's always a link in the show notes that you can send us topic submissions just yep. for submitting something to us even if we don't use it we will send you a tech connect podcast t-shirt that Boom. just happened recently actually our next episode in fact that we're going to have coming up here in a couple weeks yep uh is going to be a listener suggestion yes. a topic they suggested and he got a shirt he got a, a t-shirt you know i'm sure he's there showing you know. it off every day just, absolutely you know, wearing it so much he doesn't even know if he wants to stop and wash it maybe we should have sent him too i don't know <laughs> To the pool, to the movies, to the restaurant, <laughs> exactly. bumming around. He's wearing it everywhere. Exactly. It goes. Yeah. It's the shirt that it goes, goes everywhere. everywhere. It's like formal wear even, too. Yeah. 
Uh, so, you know, we, we'll send you that. But hey, also, if you just want to reach out to us, maybe you don't want to go to the hassle of pulling that out. You don't care about getting a t-shirt. You can also always find us on Twitter at TechConnectPod. You can email us, techconnect at bluestarinc.com. All right, let's wrap things up here. Um, normally, we have our value to yes, the bar. Sir. Uh, I think we kind of discussed some of the takeaways from I some think of these we things. Did. I know, like the, yeah. the global trends and the state yep. of the restaurant industry. You know, China. Some, some, st- <laughs> some stuff. Some <laughs> stuff that our bars can use, you know, to to in their business as well. And again, if nothing else, you've got some great stories to talk about. You know, with a little with, bit of data. Like, click you know, on that open table one. You yeah, know, there was some get, good some, stuff get in some there. data to back up. You know, uh, some of the trends that we're yep. seeing here for sure. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Good right. stuff. There. Well, let's wrap up as always then with what's tech connecting with us, which is yep. kind of like just our way of throwing another tech bite out in a. In a fashion that's but a really good point never thought of it, it that kind way. of is but you know yeah. hey why not it's, yeah. it's a bonus you know yeah uh so dean what's tech connecting with you this week uh do you want to light up a dance floor um, like you want to get people going in a dance once, floor maybe once upon a time it's not really my thing anymore, how would you do that uh, disco ball uh, okay or play, some good lights you know? play low frequency bass that's the key. So, and being a musician, and I love bass, and my right. wife always complains, oh, I got to have a subwoofer. I, I should, like, carry a subwoofer with me because I cannot listen to music unless there's the bass going. Okay, right? I understand. I, mean, I got to hear it. So, anyway, let me read this. Thing. To find out different aspects of music's influence on the body, researchers turned to a live electronic music concert into a lab study by introducing levels of bass over speakers that were too low that you could hear it, so you oh, can't hear okay, these bass okay. levels, and Just monitor the it. crowd's movement, scientists found that people danced, check this out, 12% more when there's very low frequency bass present. Interesting. So, uh, you know, I thought to myself, okay, well, if I'm a DJ, I guess I just need to have some low rumble going and that'll get right, the right. get get things moving, right? And I can I can really relate to this quote of, of one of the uh, uh, people that were involved in it. I'm a trained drummer, and most of my research career has been focused on rhythmic aspects of music and how they make us move. But music is a biology, biological curiosity. It doesn't reproduce us. Um, it doesn't reproduce us. It doesn't feed us. It doesn't shelter us. So why do humans like it, and why do we like to move to it? Right. That was his basic thing. So yeah. anyway, good point. Low frequency. You get some low frequency in there if you're ever DJing on the weekend or something like that. Throw in some low uh, okay, frequency okay. bass. There you People go. will move twelve percent more than there they did. They, just, they just, actually quantified. Just be it. careful. You don't hit the brown note. No, don't do that. <laughs> Good God, don't hit that. Yeah. yeah. So that all was right. tech connecting with me and my uh, audiophile mind. What about you? Okay, all right. Uh, so I'm going to you know, bring down the tone here a little bit with something <laughs> you don't want to get on a dance floor at all. Um, that's the deadliest viruses in history. Oh, hey. So this is a list from uh, Live oh, We're Science. joking now. We're on the other side of this pandemic, <laughs> so now we can kind of look yeah, back and say, it's, we, it's okay to joke about It's okay to yeah. joke about horrible viruses now. Yeah, good. Uh, it, um, so, yeah, so Live Science protects down, okay. A breakdown of the twelve deadliest viruses in history. Now, first, okay. I'm going to let you take a guess here. Where do you think coronavirus fits in on this, or the COVID nineteen in particular? If it's on the list at all, twelve, twelve. Okay, all right. You're actually not that far off. All right. Um, all right. So I'm going to run through here real quick, just so you can get a, a load out of these. Oh, are you going to go from twelve on up? Uh, are you I starting at yeah, the top? Okay. No, I'll, I don't. Know. I don't care. We'll do. We can do. I can start from the bottom. Um, all right. But the criteria, because we always look again and talk about criteria mm. here, is not just the not like, just number of deaths. not just the number of deaths, but how potentially lethal it is. So the actual oh, likelihood the virality? Is to that be the killed. Word? Yeah, exactly. The, okay. Well, the, the likelihood to kill. Okay. Actual deaths and 
its current threat level basically is what they're is what they're current threat level like right now well i think they let me see how they actually put it in here Um, because some of these things like we don't Really whether they represent anymore. whether they represent 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 a growing threat. So yes, like bubonic plague is not on here. If that's what. You, oh dang! I thought that was going to be my number one. No, because that's not because it's not a current threat. So it's we're not mean, a current. We're threat. meaning we're basically oh. talking. Well, this right, I don't so know, but this does say stuff. the deadliest viruses in history. But I guess if it's been eradicated, it's not that yeah, deadly. Bubonic anymore. plague is no longer alive. Right. All right. All right so All right. give us. I the am going to. Okay, I will start from the bottom though, because I, you're you're right. We we'd like to have a good countdown to get us to our number one. <laughs> so number twelve is. MERS code. Yes. So this was okay. the, the MERS, the Middle East Respiratory Still around. From the mid, like it says, it's killed only, it's killed only 858 people as of 2021 because it does not spread easily between people. 858? So, yeah. No, um, 858,000? No, or 858 people? only 858 people as of 2021. Oh, okay. So oh, it was God, a, I thought that was a much so bigger It was a contagious disease. Uh, it has a high case fatality rate, killing around 35% of people diagnosed with it. But, yeah. But not many people have actually okay. died from it. All right, got it. And I remember that was a big hype around oh, that for a little for while. Oh, for sure. But, yeah. you know, which is, again, ironic when you look back compared to what we've dealt with over the last right. few years. Yeah. Uh, at number 11, SARS-CoV-2. Okay. Uh, CoV-2. You know, so COVID-19 is still low on the list. And a big part of that is because of that most of the death is occurring in those with underlying conditions and elderly. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And because the, you know, the, ra- the rapidity with which we got vaccines out to, to you know, temper and dampen the risk of it. So that's kind of the reason why it fell so low, despite the high number of deaths, obviously. It's the idea that it's not, it's, you know, if a, you know, an outbreak of it, which not, we haven't ever stopped having an official outbreak of right. it, is not as as deadly of an issue at mm-hmm. this point already. And that's, you know, Got it. that we've kind of contained it, it to is some in extent. It is in China, but it's not rapidly. here. Right. <laughs> Sorry, uh, so, had to throw that out there. <laughs> uh, at number 11, you've got the original SARS-CoV. Oh. Uh, so this was the actual SARS as we referred to it. Got it. This is back in the early 2000s. Uh, I'll blow through the rest of these here. Rotavirus is at, mm. what was that, number 10 that. now? Yeah. Um, dengue, the which causes dengue fever. It's mosquito-borne. Yep. Um, you know, Heard of that, yep. N- not quite as prominent anymore, but still an issue in some parts of the world. Um, let's see what we got next. Influenza coming in. Of course, there. the good old flu. Nine there. Yeah. Uh, hantavirus. Mm. Um, which I remember there being a stink about back in the 90s, and there's still I apparently a decent that. amount of, okay. of uh, transmission happening with that. Um, let's go up here. We start getting into more. Most people are familiar with smallpox. Yes. Um, yeah, I would definitely put that on the list. Definitely for sure. high on there. HIV. Okay. Um, which is actually, they, they basically posit in the modern world, the deadliest virus of all may be HIV because it is still the biggest killer. Um, it's, you know, really? it's still, it still has a very high death rate, you know, it, it, despite as many, you know, um, I thought we had drugs, therapeutics in around. There is that, a lot yeah. there, but yeah. it's still, it's the kind of thing where there's, you know, it's, it's hard to like just completely cure anybody of it. It's hard to uh, eliminate gotcha. it. Gotcha. Most people are still going to potentially die from it. I it just gotcha. Maybe not as rapidly as, right. you know, as, as before. All right. Uh, or as, you know, or as, as badly as before. Hmm. Rabies. Which is one people I just don't think about, but, but you know, if you don't, I mean, if you yeah. don't get the treatment for rabies, it is yeah. always fatal. Like, yeah, uh, that's unbelievable. Like, that's not something your body can fix and that no. you can just get over right. and, and make your way You're through. Just like, done. You get, like, you get it, and if you don't get the right treatment for it, the right vaccinations mm-hmm. for it. You know, you're you're dead. Like mm. that's that's all there is to it. Like it's still yeah. a very deadly disease. Yeah. If you if if untreated. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ebola. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then uh, okay here and then number one 
is the Marburg virus. Never heard of it. Not familiar with this either. So uh, this was first identified by scientists in 1967 when small outbreaks occurred among lab workers in Germany who were exposed to infected monkeys imported from Uganda. Okay. Um, people de- infected developed high fevers, bleeding through the body, and we don't get into all the details yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty nasty stuff. Yeah. Uh, the case fatality rate of the first outbreak was 24%, but it was 83% in the 98 to 2000 outbreak in the Republic of Congo. And a hundred percent in the 2017 outbreak in Uganda. Oh my so lord! So basically, you got it. You You're died done. from it. Yeah. Um, so not again. Not a virus that is rapidly spreading around it. But when an outbreak occurs, what's it called it again? Again, highly fatal Marburg virus. Marburg virus. So that yeah, was, I hope that that never was comes the number across. one on the list. Yeah. Right. So not something you want to see happen, and it's still out there. Apparently, an outbreak was re- was confirmed as recently as August of 2021. Oh, great. So we're in the middle of COVID, and you get an outbreak if there's another one happening here. So, <laughs> oh, man. So just in case you were wondering what the next super virus that might wipe us all out, <laughs> it, you know, hopefully we're not all talking about Marburg, Marburg. in a few years. Yeah, so. if you hear that, just be, you know, <laughs> just, just go in your just, cave. Like, just, literally go in the know, cave. Yeah, on social media, you can, like, you know, mute certain words that you don't want to appear in your feed. Maybe oh, that's one you just go, go ahead and do now. So yeah, you just, exactly. Just be wonderfully oblivious if it happens. So. <laughs> Uh, I don't like to joke about these things, but yeah, you no. know, it's, it's, yeah. it's out there. All right, fair enough. All right, folks, that does it from us. We have bitten off more tech than we, we can, can chew. Absolutely. It's time for us to unplug. So until next time, um, you know, maybe see if your dad brain's a little scrambled uh-huh. or yeah. have some, you know, some sympathy for a dad in your life, especially if they're a new dad. Their brain oh, is probably 100%. ridiculously yeah. scrambled. Yes. You know, I sent a buddy of mine who just had a kid, a, you know, the trailer for the new Ant-Man movie, didn't even respond. It was like five <laughs> days ago. I'm like, come on. <laughs> he doesn't have it. What else are you going to do? No while you're while you're feeding your kid in the, at 3 a.m. You know, watch watch a movie trail and respond to your your friend. Now. Seriously. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> as always, folks, please stay connected. Technic podcast is brought to you by Elo. When choosing a POS solution, choose the leaders in touch technology. Elo. Elo Touch computers are the surest, fastest way to get a POS application started and provide long-lasting use with a multitude of options. For modular configurations, Elo has the Elo Pause and iSeries Touch computers, which are available in a variety of sizes, offer flexible mounting, and support for easy customization with a variety of Elo Edge Connect accessories to choose from for self-service and point-of-sale applications. If an all-in-one solution is what your customers need, Elo PayPoint has you covered. Offering everything a merchant needs with a fully integrated receipt printer, barcode scanner, cash drawer, and MSR, all in a compact, sleek design. Look, Dean, we've talked about this before. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm a little on the old side. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, what? You're, I'm older, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Okay. We, I, I've worked in retail. You worked in a pizza shop. Yeah, You've probably had to run the register uh-huh. at, at, oh, yes. sometimes, right? Of course, okay. of course, of course. Back then, technology for, for point of sale wasn't very exciting. No, 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 no. We're talking electronic cash drawers. And, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. big, bulky, yeah, big, bulky, you know, yeah. giant. Big Buttons. Keyboards, big buttons, big but, yeah, beep, big yeah. buttons. Yeah, like yeah, mine yeah. had, like, remember I had, like just like a little tiny little monitor to. It's so use, much like, better DOS nowadays. Style green screen. It's so much better nowadays, yeah. don't yeah. you think? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. These these kids, they just they, they got <laughs> it. Yeah, so they got good. these kids got it so easy. <laughs> and Elo's making it happen. Exactly, Elo's the one taking care of that for them. So to learn more about how Elo can simplify your next POS project, check out the link in the show notes or contact your Blue Star Elo representative. 
Second Act Podcast is also brought to you by Zebra. Efficient management of a network of thermal printers relies on visibility. Mm -hmm. With optimal visibility and data, printer configuration becomes consistent, security becomes airtight, and scaling is more frictionless. All ideal, by the way. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, of if course. thermal printers and print supplies are essential for your customers' business-critical workflows, and they probably should they be, should be. Uh, then their visibility is of paramount importance. Yes. Managed print services let companies see and manage all their printers from one centralized dashboard. So Zebra has partnered with Jetted Advice to create a one-stop shop for your customer's thermal print needs. What? Tell me this. more. Tell me This more. is projected to be a $95 billion market by 2024. Was that We're a talking billion with a B? Billion with a B. Okay. We're not even talking two years at this point. This is almost the end of 2022. All right. So it's filled with untapped potential. Zebra estimates that over 50% of businesses do not know what they're collectively spending on thermal printing. Oh, I guarantee that. I, that yeah, makes yeah. complete sense. MPS provides the visibility and data to improve efficiency and labor costs related to hardware maintenance, supplies, and hidden expenses like time and labor, sustainability, productivity, and fragmented decision-making. Again, this all screams opportunity mm -hmm. to me. Oh, yeah. When you can go into a business and tell them like, hey, um, we've uh, seen where there's some probably some inefficiencies and we can fix those for you. <laughs> and save you money. Yeah, and yeah. they go, what are you talking about? And you show them and they go, oh, crap, you're oh. right. Right. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's mm -hmm. good business to do. Yeah, so, to learn more about how managed print services can help you and your customers, check out the link in the show notes for videos, documents to help you create a case to your customers, success stories, and much more.